0: Hello, this is Josh Crisman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I wanna say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. Can we now clap your hands unto the Lord, of Lords and the King of Kings? It's a privilege to be in Cambridge today, amen? Tommy's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning, amen. If I could get a little bit more monitor up here, that'd be great. Um, it's, a, it's an honor to be here with you. Uh, I give honor to your pastor, Pastor Christman. Don't you have a wonderful pastor and pastor's family and wife? It's good people. Um, I've known Pastor Christman uh, ever since I started coming, going to college in New Concord uh, back in 2016. And uh, I love him and his family uh, dearly. They're very good, sincere people uh, that love the Lord. And I know they love you. I know they love you. Uh, if you could turn with me in your Bibles uh, to... First Samuel Chapter 17 and verse 48. While you're turning there, uh, give honor to my lovely wife um, that I love dearly, and I believe uh, this is Gianna's first service, uh, me preaching. Not in the womb, yes. Maybe, but uh, it's always good to have my in-laws here today, uh, Brother Russell and Sister Russell, and love them too. Um, It says in verse 48, And it came to pass when the Philistines arose, the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. And David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it, and smote the Philistine in his forehead, that the stone sunk into his forehead, and he fell upon the face of the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling, and with a stone, and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. I want to preach to you. Uh, won't be here long today. Um, about the sling and the stone the sling and the stone could you lay your bibles down one more time and lift your hands towards heaven and let's pray that the lord will come into this place and minister to some people here today god i'm thankful to be in your house this morning god you woke me up this morning no one else did And God, you've seen us, that we were going to be here at this very hour. And I pray that your spirit would sweep into this sanctuary, God, and minister. And Lord, that you would anoint this word and anoint my mind and my lips, God, that I may preach your word with liberty. In the name of Jesus, we pray. If you believe that, clap your hands unto the Lord as you are seated. Um, We see here that this iconic and uh, Sunday school best lesson of a story in the Bible, David and Goliath, and um, it's something that whether you've been in church long or you haven't, you've heard of it one time or another in your life. And I want to backtrack here at the beginning stages of uh, Israel and, and David and how he was incorporated into this message. Um, you see that it was uh, Samuel, the, uh, the prophet of the nation, that he had sons, and because of his old age, he had to set his sons in charge as judges before God's people. And due to some unfortunate circumstances, the His sons were not ruling or judging the people according to God's order, and therefore it caused some frustration among the elders and among the people at that time where they, they not only were focused on what was going on inside, if I should say, the camp, but they started looking outside of the camp, outside to other nations and how their structure of leadership was and how their government was and they, they went among themselves Amen. They went. They chose what they thought would be right according to what they saw others doing. If I could stop here and put a little um, saying in here that Paul said, it's not wise to compare yourself among yourselves it's not wise to look at somebody or something and to see what they have and to think that that will work for my situation and they started to get a little um uh, a little prideful if I should say and and started to tell them that we want a king to rule over us we want somebody that is strong and stable and has some authority and boldness when they speak and, and can conquer nations and can fight and can lead and and, and can distribute and uh, uh, and and do all that we want him to do, but we want a king, but it wasn't god's will, but in spite of that, God let him have a king and it, it was it was saul saul was Head and, tall, head and shoulders taller than anybody uh, in his family or in the nearby area. He was smart. He was wise. He, he, he was strong. And he was a warrior. And he was, and, and he was everything on paper that those people wanted. He was everything that they wanted. And, and, and the prophet warned them. He says, God's going to anoint him as a king, but you're going to regret it later. God's going to anoint him as a king, but because of your hasty decisions, because of your decisions that you didn't take time to pray for, you didn't take time to build an altar for, you are going to suffer the consequences for later on. And Saul was told by the prophet to go amongst these other men and these elders and to prophesy. And when he would prophesy his demeanor, everything about him would change from that day on. And it goes on that Saul, not to get into Saul's business here today, but Saul was very prideful and did not listen to any word that the man of God gave him. And because of that, uh, there was a prophecy earlier on in his reign that uh, would tell him he would no longer be the king over God's people and that God was seeking for another man. God was seeking for a man that was after his own heart. And it was a dramatic scene towards the end of Saul's reign that he he took care of the uh, Amalekites and, and, and the Lord told him when you go there to destroy every single living thing that's over there. Destroy their spoil. Destroy their animals. Destroy all the women and the children and the men. I want you to absolutely annihilate these people from the face of the earth. But because Saul wanted to do it his own way and wanted to live his own way and rule his own way and not God's way, he spared the finest sheep. He spared all the great animals. He spared the wealth and the loot. He spared it all so he could bring it back to his people. But when he approached the man of God, the man of God said, Why do I hear in my ears uh, the lowering of sheep? Uh, Oh, why do I hear the oxen moving from left to right? Why do I hear these things? Uh, You've done a great disservice to God because you'd rather do it your own way and not obey God's word. And from this day, I'm renting my mantle. And this very day, God has rented the kingdom from your hands. Saul was in distress and worried, but shortly after, in 16th chapter of 1 Samuel, we see how the Lord said unto Samuel, "'How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel?' Fill thy horn with oil and go, and I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Can I, can I, can I pause here in the message real quick and highlight a, a detail that's left out, but it's intentional here today, that he told the prophet to go to a location, but he never described the man that he was going to anoint. He, he told the prophet, I want you to go to Jesse's house, but I don't care. You don't have to know what he looks like or, or what he does for a living or, or how old he is because we already been down this road because when man chose another man based off of his capability and how big and how wise and how strong he was, he said, enough is enough. I will choose a man after my own heart. Samuel was presented before Jesse in his house and he he uh, he looked, and as he's probably passing through the house, he sees his oldest son Eliab, and and he said in his mind, "Surely this is the one that the Lord wants to anoint." But the Lord rebuked the prophet and told him, "No longer will we will we choose a man after the countenance or the appearance of or the outward appearance of him, but we're going to choose according to the heart of a man. We're going to choose somebody that wants to please me, despite what's going on in our life, despite the unfortunate circumstances." despite what the family history or the family tree was. I'm looking for a man, and I'm looking for a woman. I'm looking for somebody that their ways and their hearts are to please me. Yeah. David was, uh, was out taking care of his sheep, and one son after another was presented before that prophet, and it wasn't the will of God. Another sin, and Jesse had presented seven of his sons Before the man of God, but the Lord have not chosen any of them. Samuel goes to Jesse and says, "I, you know, I'm I'm a little confused. Uh, I know the Lord sent me here, Jesse. uh, Do you have another son somewhere?" He says, "I can imagine." If you read Psalms, David suffered living in his own house. He was a stranger amongst his own blood. He was the rut of the family. Didn't fit in, wasn't the right height, didn't get all the good grades. He was honest, he was sincere, he was faithful, but he didn't meet par to what the world wanted. And he... He says, well, I have a younger son, David, that's over in the back side of my hills where my property is. And he tendeth to the sheep. He's a, he's a young teenage boy, a shepherd boy that just takes care of my sheep for me. Just doesn't do anything big or anything notable or, or significant. He's just just a little old shepherd boy. He said, go get your son. Because we will not sit down. We will not end this conversation until he comes into the house and the moment that young man that was a stranger in his own house that 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 boy that 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 was made fun of because of his stature and because of his occupation presented himself and I believe at the moment he walked in that door the Holy Ghost fell in that place and the Lord spoke to the man of God he's the one get your horn out and anoint his head and the Bible says is when he anointed him the spirit of god came upon david we don't need all the good talents in this world all we need here today is a sincere heart and an anointing from heaven an anointing from heaven that will break every yoke that will change nations and do a work for god this young man was anointed and at the same time that he was anointed, the the king Saul, the Spirit of God left him. The moment that this young man, this man that the Lord had sought out for, was anointed by the prophet, David was a, a cunning player. He was a a expert at playing the harp. He was very talented and very devoted to his instrument. But not only was he a devoted instrument player, but there was even servants of Saul, the Bible records. They noticed that David was a very... Uh, He was a warring man. He was a man of valor and a man that could fight. But the only place that I can assume here today that he learned how to fight was when it was nobody else but him and his father's sheep. You see, we we want God to use us in some things, but the Lord looks at how we treat our earthly father, our earthly leadership, before he can ever trust you with heavenly stuff. You see, it was David in his private devotion of his life, despite the confusion of why I'm even here, why I'm even in this family, I'm, I'm I'm, not considered their own, I'm a reject, I'm not even the same height as them, I'm not even sure if I'm even in the same bloodline of the people I live with day after day. His whole life was distress in the house and probably was a relief for him to go on the back Side of the hill, but in his relief, I believe the Spirit of God begin to commune with him, as he begin to play that harp, as He begin to sing unto God and watch after his father's sheep. This man was a man of private devotion. This man was a man of prayer and worship. Can I tell you here today that you cannot live this life for God without having a daily touch from his presence in your home, at your workplace, in your car, when no one is watching. It don't matter how hard it gets. It doesn't matter if you're backed up on bills. you got to keep the thing that's most important, and you got to keep God first in your life and seek after him every chance that you get (laughs) david david learned to play before god he learned to entertain the presence of the lord but i'm not here to talk about the harp that he played or not necessarily the moment that he got anointed i'm here to talk to you about the sling and the stone david had a sling that he would use to protect his father's sheep from nearby predators. It was called a shepherd's sling. It was something, I wish I had an example here today. It was, it was a long uh, rope, double-side rope that you would put a loop through one of your fingers and you had some type of pouch in the middle. It, it was something that took him time to get used to. Amen. I'm sure early on in his, his, his household duties from his own father that there was some sheep lost uh, along the way. There was some sheep that he was woke up that morning, too, that were devoured and that were carcasses because some predator in the middle of the night came and took them because he was a young shepherd. He was new into this uh, duty and this responsibility, but day after day, I believe he started getting really good at slinging those rocks and slinging that weapon to protect his father's sheep. Can I tell you that that God may be calling you to a battlefront one day, but you got to trust the day in and day out process you got to trust on learning how to swing that rock around in the air and throwing it at the enemy can I tell you that every private moment of your life God sees Every time that God sees when a when a coworker tells a j- dirty j- joke and how you react, God sees it. Every time that sickness attacks your body, God sees how you react. It's not necessarily where we are or who we're working for or what we're doing. It, it's all about how we react to, to the, the, the enemy that's before us. He takes record of it. And David was... Year by year, learning how to use that sling, learning how to throw at that target throw at those animals and those predators attacking his father's sheep it it, it, it's the saying that goes that consistency is a jewel it's it's better to pray every day for 10 minutes than it is to take once every six months to pray 24 hours straight because just like that rock that was smoothed over you see that rock was not a jagged rock it wasn't a rock that that was some random rock somewhere in the forest that rock was out of that 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 bed of water that it was washed over day by day ready to be thrown in the air to be used as a weapon the same was happening with david god was starting to move to, to smooth over the ragged edges in his life, he was starting to smooth over the bitterness that he had towards his family in his life. He was starting to get rid of the anger problems out of his life, but it was day by day. David was very intentional. Can I t- make a plane here today? You've got to be intentional about spending time with God, you've got to be intentional about praying in your house and not having your pastor pray over your family. You've got to be intentional about opening this book at the dinner table when no one wants to read, no one wants to pray. You've got to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that here today. Day by day, you begin to learn. Learn how to throw that, use that sling, whether it rained or poured. Whether a sunshine and clouds out, whether the wind was blowing five miles or 40 miles, every day he had one duty, and that was to tend to his father's sheep and to protect those sheep. He learned it doesn't matter what season it may have been. I know how to throw this rock, and I know how to use a sling because I'm taking time to do it. taking time to do it. It goes on that the Israelites were in a war and with the Philistines, of course. And the Philistines had a nine feet plus giant by the name of Goliath. He was... He had so much weight of armor on him, and I can imagine his stature being so much taller than every other person, whether it was on the Israelite sides or the Philistine side. He he stuck out. He stood out like a sore thumb. But he presented himself at that valley that day. You see, Israelites were on one side of the mountain, and the Philistines were on one side of the mountain. They just stood there waiting for somebody to make the first move. But basic warfare at that time, they decided to go the approach of single uh, combat. That was that you choose your best man from your army, and I'll choose my best man from my army, and whoever wins, wins the war. Goliath presents himself and shouts with a deep voice, I can assume, and told him to choose a man that you should have and let him come down to me. In the moment that he opened his mouth, because of his stature, because of his greatness, because of his undefeated record, he presents himself and all the Israelites get scared and they're sore afraid. I can imagine them looking at their buddies Are you going to go out there and take that giant? Talking amongst each other, wondering who is going to defeat Goliath? Forty days go by. And Goliath presents himself before the Israelites. There's fighting, there's crying, there's there's screaming, it's 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 high time, it's tension in the atmosphere, and the Israelites are backed into a corner. And and it's just it's just a tough place to be in. But David listened to Jesse one day, it and it'd been a while, it's been a few days, a few weeks, and Jesse says, I want you to go down there and and take uh, some loaves of bread and take some cheeses and take some substance. And I want you to go visit your older brothers that have followed Saul during this war. And when you get there, give them what they need and 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 salute them, meaning I want to hear a report on how they're getting along with each other and how things are going i I'm a little anxious to know what's going on in the war and David obeying his earthly father, went down to that trench, if I just say, went down to that valley and and he presented himself and and he and he looked at his brethren and he had his carriage and left his carriage to go salute his own brothers. And when he got there, he heard, overheard Saul saying that, I will promise any man all these tax benefits and all these riches and fame and and honor that would be willing to fight this giant, that would be willing to take on this this massive being and fight him. And if he so happened to defeat Goliath, he will get all of what I promised. Well, David... Sincerely being there, obeying his father, went to those men and and overheard them. And he and he questioned himself. He says. He was saying, what did Saul say? Are we talking about this uncircumcised Philistine? Are we talking about this godless nation? This nation does not have God, that they're living on gas of their own, that there's nothing supernatural about it. It's all the outward appearances. this who we're talking about? But out of a moment of sincerity, come on somebody, out of a moment where you're trying to live for God, you're trying to do the right thing, But somebody uh, says something wrong or does something wrong just because they're jealous. And it was his older brother, Eliab, that heard his little brother walking around the camp and asking what was going on and and what did Saul say and and are we in trouble? Are we going to lose this war? And I'm telling you right now, his Eliab out of jealousy because Eliab remembered the moment that the prophet came to his daddy's house and looked at him and passed him. By because he was the oldest, I'm the one to get the birthright. I'm the one to get the blessing. I've been here. I was the firstborn, but no, no, no. The man of God chose a man after His own heart, and He was not taking it back. It was that day that He said, "I know that pride and thy naughtiness of heart, your deceitfulness. You just came here to see the war, David." Bitterness began to spew out of his mouth, and poison began to be poured. I feel the Holy Ghost right now poured over David's spirit. You wonder why you may be here a year, 10 years, or 50 years. I don't know everybody here, and I'm sorry. I'm glad to be here, but I don't know what situation or family history that you may have. But if I can tell you one thing I know, anytime you try to do something for God, somebody's going to say something. Something's going to happen. Why? Because the devil in hell does not want you to accomplish what God has called you to accomplish on this earth. David was fed up paraphrasing here today. He said, What now? What now? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause here today? But David had to remind himself. Of of oh, the day that the prophet came to his daddy's house and anointed him to be the king over Israel. Can I stop here and tell you that this cause has to outweigh the cost of the call? Because if you're gonna do anything for God, if you're gonna amount to anything, if I could say something here, if you're gonna overcome any generational curses or if you're gonna overcome any addictions here today, you've got to realize that God has called me to it and God's gonna bring me through. It. if God's called me to it he'll bring me through it there's a cost with this walk with God there is gonna be disappointment. There is gonna be setbacks, but you have to be like David and say, "I have to set my ways before God, and everything I think and everything I do, everything I meditate upon, has to please the Lord." If you would set out your way to do that on this journey today, I guarantee you that the sky is the limit. If you would just be faithful at church Sunday after Sunday, so learning how to use that swing. You may not know how to clap your hands. You may not know how to raise your voice or lift your hands towards church or how to pray. But you got to start somewhere because God has called you to it. And if he's called you to it, by the end of it, you will be able to conquer that giant. David presents himself before Saul and He says, I hear that there's a giant before our people. He said, I'll I'll go and fight him. It's something about you have a dog mentality when it comes to the kingdom of God. We don't need casual Christians in 2022. There's all kind of chaos in our school systems and in the government and the world today. We need somebody that stands up for righteousness and holiness and truth in this day and hour, no matter who likes to hear it or not. And he says, I'll... I'll," I got some of you, but I'm going to keep preaching here today until the Holy Ghost breaks some things here. That it was David that presented himself before the king and told him, I'll fight this giant. He's who, you? Did you hear him? He said, he'll fight that giant. You're not even five feet tall, son. To Saul you don't understand you don't understand Saul I remember those times of loneliness when I was taking care of my sheep and one day there was a bear, and one day there was a lion and I slew them with my own bare hands I had a supernatural moment with God, and I took care of them to protect my own father's sheep that day. And he said, it was God that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. It'll be God that's going to take care of this giant. Woo! Can I say it like this? It was God that got me out of the jailhouse. And it was God that got me out of the crack house. And it was God that got me out of the bars. And it's going to be God that's going to make me make it on the other side. I'm not letting any giant defeat me or my family or my people. The devil is a... Is a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You must understand there there is an element of spiritual authority. When you conquer one thing in your life, he has now given you a jurisdiction or authority to conquer another thing. You see, as long as you live for God, it's not going to be a, a dandelions and roses. It's not going to be easy. But can I tell you, it's going to be a lot better than being a on the other side of the front of the mountain. It's going to be a lot better living for the world, being lost in your mind, confused and depressed and anxious. I wish I had a witness here today. There's nothing worth this world for living for God. Come on, clap your hands right now. Come on, aren't you thankful he's called you to such a time as this? He has entrusted us with the end time. David, David, I can imagine. Get in the mind of this young man right before he's about to conquer this giant. I can hear him replaying the words of his older brother in his head replaying those things. As he's walking to the very battle line, before this Philistine, I can see each step in his self-condemnation, saying "What, what do you think you're doing here for? You heard your brother, you're just here to see the fight, not be a part. You can't do anything. You were never the popular in the family. You were never the sought after in this world. You were always last picked in gym class. I wish I had somebody. You see, every Every time you get closer to something that God wants you to do, every step, you're going to have voices that speak to your mind that are going to prevent you from accomplishing that God has already given you the victory for. If he can't take you out, he's going to sow something in your mind that's going to confuse you. That's why in this end time, there's all kinds of agenda from media, from all the above. I don't want to get into those details here today, but it's true and it's relevant and it's real and it's happening right now. Everything that you watch in every group of conversation you participate in, you better be very careful on who you let speak in your life or what negativity is spewed out of someone's mouth. That when you're trying to do something for God, because the moment you're trying to get cleaned up, the moment you're trying to live for God. Everyone else is concerned. But they weren't concerned when you're doing pills. They weren't concerned when you're drunk on the bar on Friday nights and Saturday and you're missing out on family time with your children. Come on, somebody. They weren't concerned or they, they weren't trying to help you out then. But it's kind of confusing and ironic at the same time that all of a sudden these outside voices are concerned for you. When you start living right for God, heaven's having a revival, but hell is as also. Hell wants you just as much as heaven does. A roaring lion. All he's got is pipes here today. All he's got is words. He can't do anything to stop you. He can't do anything to stop you. But he'll do everything for you to stop yourself. Put your hands right now and begin to receive that word. Hallelujah. It goes on in verse 38, and that music could come. Saul armed David with his armor, and he put on his helmet of brass upon his head, and also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor. And it goes on to say, he knew he did not prove it. And David said unto Saul, I want you to hear this. I cannot go with these things, Saul. I can't use your armor. I can't use them. I've never used them before. I'm just an old little shepherd boy that trusts in God and loves God. I've never used this a day in my life. Oh, it's too heavy for me. I won't be able to win this fight or even have a chance. He said, for I have not proved them. And David put them on. Off. And David, he took his staff in his hand, and he chose him five smooth stones out of the brook. And he, took, and he put them in his shepherd's bag, which he had, even in his script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near towards the Philistine. You may not have it all together, but you know something. The Bible says he's given every man a measure of faith. Don't matter if this is your first week, first year, ten years, it doesn't matter. You've got to start somewhere. Woo! faith builds upon faith and more things happen and it builds our faith that's why we need to hear the word of God that's why we need anointed preaching that's why we need to come on Sunday because it was David with that sling it may not have been significant it may not been the bronze and armor and the copper and the metal of that day to fight that war but David said if God did it for me before he'll do it again I don't care how little this weapon may be but I know Oh God, we'll do it again. He grabs it, and he goes before that giant, and he takes that sling, which some experts believe that a shepherd's sling can can uh, can throw a rock close to 100 miles per hour and he begins to swing that and he casts it forth his forehead and gets him in the head and kills that giant instantaneously in an instant you see it took time for him to learn how to use that rock he looked at Peter one day Jesus and he said upon this rock I believe that day. I can imagine him pointing at himself. Upon this rock. Not you, Peter. Upon everything I've taught you. Upon everything I've, I'm going to die for. Upon this rock, the church shall be. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Woo! You've got to learn how to use the rock here today. The rock which is Christ Jesus. You've got to learn how to build your house upon Jesus. He said, a wise man buildeth himself upon a rock, his house upon a rock. A foolish one builds it upon sand. You've got to have a sense of urgency. I need a foundation in my life. And Jesus is the only one that I can use. It goes on and says, Peter, whatsoever... Thou bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Maybe some here today struggle and living for God and, and trying to, to go in this life, in this process and, and where God has you, but you have to understand you have everything you need in your hand. He didn't bring you this far to leave you behind somebody hear that he didn't bring you this far to leave you behind I know there's been some hardship, I know there's been some pain. There's been some disappointment in your life, but you have to understand, I have everything I need. I've been taking time with that sling. Come on somebody. I've been showing up at weekly Bible study. I know I work a 12-hour day and I know the kids are screaming and I'm tired, but I got to go to the house of God. I got to show up at Pastor's dinner table. I got to need another word. I need another word and every moment that you live and every week that goes by you begin to get better with that sling and you get to get better with that stone and you know which stones to choose now. You, you know what to do in crisis now. You know what to say in moments of frustration. You know what to do in this moment now as before I did it. I may have lost some sheep in the backside of the hill but now I can confidently tell you I can walk in dominion and authority and take care of any Giant that presents himself before me in my country. Somebody hear this today. I'm in the Holy Ghost. You have to understand that this call is bigger than you. Woo. This call wasn't for the recognition of David. This call was for not for him, for songs to be sang about him. This call was for him to please God. Is there somebody in Cambridge today that says, God to live right before God I got a baby girl now I understand what it's like to be a father. I understand that every choice I make, every decision, every path that I go down to is going to directly affect my daughter one of these days. But I have to make up my mind that the cost of this call, oh, this cause has to be greater than it all. This cause that God has called me to and my family to has to be greater than any fear that presents itself. I'm passionate, always has been. At a young age, I was re- wrecked. I'd done some things I should never done. Was involved in some things I should never been involved in. I've suffered some things in my life. I can only speak for myself. But I remember the day. I remember the day Elder that God called me to this. I remember the day. I remember moments being confused in who I was and what I should be and what I should do. But when God called me into this kingdom, it was a glorious time in my life. I didn't know it all up front. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to necessarily fast. I didn't know how to read the Bible. I didn't understand what half of the words in that Bible meant. I just didn't know. But I knew that there was a cause calling me there was something pulling me towards greatness. There was something pulling toward, I may just have a sling and a stone, but all the sling and a stone is all I need. I recognize that it's won every battle. It's done everything for me in private when no one was around. That cause has got to pull you here today. It's got to pull you. It's gonna pull you through some valleys. David was anointed in front of his brothers but he also was anointed in front of his enemies. He was anointed in tense atmospheres. Atmospheres of conflict. Woo! Atmospheres that weren't pleasant to be around. We we like to preach and sing about it and pray about it, but it's a whole different story when you're in the middle of the storm. Woo! it's a whole different story when everything's paid off and everything's good but but I want to hear you sing a song in the middle of the midnight when no one's with you and no one's around you and everyone's lying about you talking about you there's got to be a cause and somebody says I'm not leaving I'm not leaving this kingdom. I'm not leaving God. I'm going to be faithful to my father's house. I'm going to be faithful to church. I'm going to be faithful to Bible study. I'm going to be faithful. Because I want to please the Lord. He was anointed in front of a crowd that was jealous of him. And he was anointed spiritually in front of a crowd that hated him. It's the anointing that comes on you. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It's the anointing that comes on you that, that flows through you. The anointing's got to break you first before you can put your hands on broken things. Ooh, he's testing some of your faithfulness tonight today. He's testing you in your private devotion, in your private life how you react and what you say and what you look at. He's looking there's nothing that hides from the eyes of the Lord. It's everywhere. It sees everything. But he's looking for a David here today that's going to be focused solely on the sling and the stone. You may come to me Goliath with all that armor the spearhead, the size of a weaver's bean. Some say it was 17, 15 pounds. He came with all this array of armor and, and gladiator status. And he says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts in this day I shall conquer you. Uh, and can I tell you I believe when he uttered the name of the Lord that that very moment uh, that when he began to approach him and sling that rock it was like a heavenly force pushed that rock and it sunk into the forehead of that giant and he killed that giant that was undefeated. What am I trying to tell you here today? You gotta learn how to use that sling uh, day after day and you gotta learn how to use that name. That name is Christ Jesus uh, and he's the rock which we stand upon and he's the rock which we will live by if everyone would stand with me here today lift your hands towards heaven come on I want you to cry out to the Lord right now I know your pastor's not here this Sunday morning but this is a message for somebody I need you to cry out to God right now I need you to say God fortify me Oh, God, a faithfulness. God, put in me a warrior that you called me to be. I may have mistakes. I may have gone through some things. But, God, I know you've called me to conquer some giants in my life. you out and separated you amongst the others. He's called you for a specific purpose in your life. He's called you to be anointed. He didn't call you to be average, but He's called you out. He's called you out of, of darkness into a marvelous light. Come on, I wish there'd be somebody that has a cause in their spirit. Somebody that would run down this altar and recommit their ways before God. Some daddy, and some mommy come down this altar and say, God, we're going to serve God in our house. We're going to be faithful even when it's inconvenient. This altar is open right now I want you to come down this altar And begin to seek the Lord if you feel comfortable If not I want you to pray at your seat But God there's a call Out this Sunday morning God wants you to get used to that sling. He wants you to get used to that Tona, You can't bind anything that has you bound you got a clean shop here today you got to have a commitment And a vow
1: in your heart You are my champion Giants fall when you stand undefeated Every battle you've won I am who you say I am You crown me with confidence I am seated In the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all, you are my champion. Giants fall when you stand undefeated. Every battle you've won, and I am who you say I am. You crown me with confidence, I am seated in the heavenly place undefeated with the one who has conquered it all lord you are my champion giants fall when you stand undefeated every battle you've won i am who you say i am you crown me with confidence. I am seated in the heavenly place, undefeated. With the One who has conquered it all, Lord, You are my champion. Giants fall when You stand. Come on, why don't you lift your hands right now towards heaven?